You're tuning in to Spectre Radio. Revisiting our favorite Star Wars movie moments and debating about scenes from the shows. We're just three millennials trying to find our way through the galaxy through the eyes of the Jedi, clones, and the Sith. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Radio. Radio. Yes, run, yes. A Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Anger, fear, aggression, spoilers of the dark side of the Force are they. Easily they flow, quick to join you in a fight. If once you start down the dark path of spoilers, forever will it dominate your destiny, consume you it will, as it did Obi-Wan's apprentice. Thank you, Master Yoda, for the spoiler warning. Again, this is your adult content and spoiler warning. This is a dangerous time. You will be tempted by the dark side. This place gives me the creeps. I'm looking for someone. I'm looking for a great warrior. Vader, is the dark side stronger? There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. Keep your eyes open, huh? Right now, I feel like I'm taking the whole empire myself. I know what you mean. The rebels are alerted to our prisons. Prepare your troops for a surface attack. Failure. I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. Welcome back to Spectre Radio. So happy to be here tonight because I love you guys. We know. We know. <laughs> And we love our listeners, so thank you for being here. I have the honor and privilege of welcoming our guest for tonight's episode, our Jedi Master Extraordinaire, Mr. Dexter Wyckoff in the house! Dexter! (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Yes, this is going to be dope, as we say. It's going to be dope. (laughs) Very dope. Um, So just to give you guys some context on um, my friend here, Dexter, this is my first friend on the podcast and it had to be you. So I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, But just to give you guys some context. So Dexter and I have known each other five years, five years now, five years, Um, appropriate for episode five. We love that. (laughs) And um, basically my first memory of a conversation with, with you was when we were working together Um, in the financial planning firm and Dexter had an office that had Star Wars memorabilia all over it and he had posters and all this stuff and I remember walking by and I was like "Ooh, I want an office like that (laughs) and uh, I think I like asked a stupid question and I was like do you like Star Wars And he was like, yeah, do you like Star Wars? And I was like, did we just become best friends? Because yes, I like Star Wars. That's right. So um, it was super great to have my friend, uh, you know, through the force in the workforce, if you will. Oh, oh gosh. (laughs) 
I'll stop with that because I'm on on a roll. I can't. But yeah, we definitely got super close working together. And I love watching and babysitting your kids when I can and (laughs) just being a part of your family. So love that and super, super happy for you to be here tonight. Um, So could you kind of start off and tell us how you got into Star Wars and kind of the connection for you there? Yeah. So um, thanks for saying all that stuff, Liz. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I absolutely value our relationship and um, I'm happy to be here uh, doing this with you guys. So um, my introduction to Star Wars was, was really um, back in 97, 1997. Um, you know, that was back when there was VHSs. There weren't DVDs or streaming or anything. Like mm-hmm. your movie collection basically had to carry around with you everywhere. <laughs> uh, and the only Star Wars movie that my dad had was episode five. So probably wow. for <laughs> five, six years, I thought that that was like the only Star Wars movie. Oh my like gosh. It, it didn't register that. I mean, I was like six, seven years old at the time. I didn't register like there's, it says episode five at the top. Like none of that's been read. Like all I knew was like, this was Star Wars. Um, so the, this, uh, this movie definitely holds a special place in, in my heart for sure. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that because when I was rewatching um, to prepare and take notes for our episode today, um, my dad was home and I had paused it and I came back and he was in the room and he said, oh, is this the second one? And I yeah. was like, um, yeah, yes. Like, how do sure. I answer that? Originally? Because he's, he's not wrong. Right. Um, but I, I was like, yeah, it's the second one. It's episode five. And like, I'm sure my mom was just sitting there like, what the hell are they yeah. talking about? Right. Like right. she's so confused. So yeah, I, uh, I love that, that little nugget there, but I think we're going to go ahead and get things, uh, on the road with the opening scroll. Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. It is a dark time for the Rebellion. Although the Death Star has been destroyed, Imperial troops have driven the Rebel forces from the hidden base and pursued them across the galaxy. Evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet, a group of freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker has established a new secret base on the remote ice planet of Hoth. The evil Lord Darth Vader, obsessed with finding young Skywalker, has dispatched thousands of remote probes into the far reaches of space. Alrighty, and now it's time for one of our favorite segments called Access the Archives. So I only have a few this time, but I'm sure Alyssa has a multitude of great ones. It's like you know me so well. (laughs) Um, So that's why I only picked a few. I'm like, all right, uh, Alyssa's got this, but I'm still going to (laughs) contribute. So... What what um a YouTube video I came across uh, recently was uh, an interview of Mark Hamill and he was talking about how um, Harrison Ford was just like kid you didn't tell me about that when when he saw the movie Harrison Ford saw the movie when it came out and he the cast didn't know that Vader was Luke's father yes they, they would have um James Earl Jones say different things and they would have the guy in the suit David Prose I think he has how you say his name mm-hmm. they would have him on set say different things to to mess everything up um so people wouldn't wouldn't know and and you know luke was the only one who knew because he had to you know mark hamill was the only one who knew because he had to react appropriately so there was a fake page in the script with fake dialogue for that scene and the only people that knew the information was lucas the director and the producers and then moments before that scene actually was filmed 
the director pulled or Irving pulled uh, Mark mm-hmm. aside and was like, by the way, this is actually what happened. And Mark was like, what? And so. the, uh, an interesting tidbit I looked up on that today was um, apparently it wasn't as big of a spoiler. This is what this is what the article said. It's not as big of a spoiler, but I'm pretty sure nobody read the novel that came out a month beforehand because most people were not reading Star mm-hmm. Wars novels until pretty much after Return of the Jedi came out. So I thought that was interesting. They had it in the novel that came out a month prior, but I would be shocked if it sold that many copies. The first one I had was um, the difference of Mark Hamill's face. So this is like a fun fact that I think I I told you guys, uh, Andrew and Wyatt before, that before filming on January 11th, 1977, Mark Hamill got into a car accident that fractured his nose and left cheekbone. Apparently, they had to actually take cartilage from his ear to rebuild his nose. And if you see photos of him before and after, it's a pretty significant difference. I think he looks pretty different. Um, I mean, he's still handsome. We can say that. But um, I just thought that was really interesting. So the reason I bring that up is uh, apparently that was one of the main reasons they had the scene where the Wampa attacks Luke and like messes up his face and he's all bloody. So that the transition from him um, you know, from the last movie to this movie wouldn't be as drastic or dramatic that you're like, oh, there's an explanation to why his face looks different. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. And it was very hush hush at the time. Like, you know, we're recording this, uh, you know, end of February and Tiger Woods was just in a car accident and like everybody's talking about it. You know, Mark Hamill was in a car accident and nobody knew nobody was talking about it back then. He was still um, not super famous yet until this movie premiered and this was when it was being filmed. So thought that was interesting. Um, another, another fun fact about, about Mark Hamill in the film, he did his own stunts. Um, the only stunt that he didn't do was when he was sucked out of the window later. Um, but I thought the best nugget of information was that he had to bang his head 16 times on Yoda's hut's ceiling before Irving Kirshner was satisfied <laughs> with the take wow. that they got. So I just uh, commend him for that. I thought that was amazing. Um, obviously we get a ton of really great visual effects from Industrial Magic and Light, um, Light and Magic, excuse me, ILM. Uh, but uh, apparently there's a rumor in the original cut, which I guess I'll have to ask you about Dexter, that one of the scenes, um, one of the, um, you know- the Asteroids. Folks- yeah, one of the folks was so upset with how the asteroids looks that he took a shoe off and threw it. Um, and then some of the other asteroids were potatoes that yeah. they like carved or something. So yeah. apparently in the original version, there was a shoe flying through space that looked like an asteroid. Do you remember that or have you seen that? No. So um, I don't remember the shoe, but the potato, I I, I do um remember and i thought i remember i actually went back and watched the vhs recently when i said i was gonna do this and um it it was funny because it went by and i was like man that just looks terrible like (laughs) things have improved so much and i was like that's a that is a vegetable for sure (laughs) we're so spoiled we're so spoiled the last one i have is um something i actually heard recently in a podcast about the movie coming to america so i don't know if Everybody here has seen that movie, but it's a classic. They have a remake coming out. It's an Eddie Murphy film. It's hilarious. And obviously our guy, uh, James Earl Jones, is the king of Zamunda in that movie. So he plays Eddie Murphy's dad. 
And um, there was a nod to this film and a quote from Darth Vader in Coming to America, which I didn't know until listening to that podcast about the movie, where basically Cleo, the the um, other father figure in the film, says to the king, I'll let them know that you're here. And the king says, no, do not alert him to my presence. I shall deal with him myself. And of course, you know, the admiral says to Darth Vader, uh, should I hold them, my lord? And Darth Vader says, no, leave them to me. I will deal with them myself. So I just thought that was really funny that he got to give a little nod to his other character. So a couple that I found. Um, so there was other possible names for Darth Vader before they settled on Vader. Oh, I remember this now that you're saying it. So we got Darth Water. <laughs> Darth Jones. Oh, and Darth yeah. Wilson. I'm sure you were pulling for Darth Jones <laughs> since that's part of your family name there. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be nice. I um, heard another one, Darth Smith, or did I make yeah, that? Yeah, no, 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 you're right. That's I was getting there, but yes, Darth <laughs> sorry. Darth Darth Smith was was another one. I mean, nothing strikes fear in, in the heart more than than Darth Jones. I didn't know any of those. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine. Either. I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine just putting in like that name in different parts of the movie, like Darth Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> the original script script had Wampas attacking the rebel base on Hoth. That oh. I did know. There was a deleted scene where three PO um, takes a warning sign off a door, and because um, stormtroopers are coming. So they go into that room and there's a bunch of wampas in there and they like maul those stormtroopers. I kind of wish they kept that in. That's yeah, like, that was, yeah, that's one of those that you're like, crap, why did you take that out? <laughs> um, did you guys notice there is intentionally no music in the lightsaber scene on Bespin? Mm-hmm. I did notice no. that. There's no. intentionally no music because music usually brings more more death and more dynamic to a scene but because this scene is so legendary there's none and the scene enough is enough to kind of uh, pump it and you have all the beeps and boops of the um of the the chamber kind of going off around mm. um, i'll have to rewatch that now and then my final note on music this movie is the first time we hear the imperial march yeah and like vader's like not even on screen when we hear no. it <laughs> not it's at so all. weird <laughs> And, there, and no the one Imperial is March, not the Darth Vader March. I well, think we all forget that, that. But you associate it with him, it's and true. there, it's and true. no one was marching. <laughs> like no, there were three dudes or two dudes that walked into a room, and I was like, "This is not a march. This is a stroll. Like these are two dudes just walking." I don't know. <laughs> That's right. so and funny then to me. My last one. So we finally get the Emperor, kinda, in this movie, and it was almost not being um, Madermic playing it. Oh, I can't imagine anybody else playing this character except for him. Couch. I don't know about that. <laughs> so to to piggyback off of yours, um, <laughs> there's actually a woman that plays the emperor. What? Um, yeah, on the, the original VHS. Yeah, on the original VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I it's remember. A, it's a, it's remember. a woman. Um, and, um, for, you know how they use the eye, the eyes are different. They actually mm-hmm. use the eyes of a chimp, a chimpanzee. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. eyes were something else. Yeah. Yeah. They use eyes of a chimpanzee. Oh um, and I'm really into like, like film tricks. So mine are less like story, more film stuff. Cause mm-hmm. it was just a fascinating yeah, stuff they yeah. were able to do. 
So um, whenever you see Mark Hamill like force grab his lightsaber, that's actually the film reversed. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, oh, that scene awesome. where he's on Hoth and he's like hanging upside down. Mm-hmm. He actually threw it and they just reversed the film to make it seem like he had grabbed it. That's, that's so really simple. Cool. Yeah, right? So easy. Um, in the original draft of the film, um, it's Anakin that appears to Luke that tells him that Vader killed him. What? That yeah. would have been so different. So, so Vader was originally not Luke's father. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Anakin was always Luke's father. And they tell, and he tells him that he has a sister. I can't remember her name. Um, and <laughs> the sister has also been training for, it's not Leia. It's like, right, it's right, like, right. Like well, you, I'm laughing because one of the other days, um, Wyatt couldn't remember Leia's name. So. <laughs> <laughs> when she was, she was like, nobody and, help him. Yeah, and I said, no one help him. It was great. Yeah, I got, awesome. I got reamed at work for that one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you got there eventually. It's, I mean, we record this pretty late. Give, I'll give you a break. Yeah. It's so late. It's 7.30. It's so late. <laughs> I know. It, I'm a grandma, but so he had a different sister, you're saying. Yeah, a different sister who was, who was uh, going through Jedi training to help actually destroy vader Mm. yeah um and the plot line of luke being vader's or vader being luke's father that came that came a little bit later um you guys probably know this like why they had han solo go through and have the carbonite death was it because he didn't want to be cast in the next movie well yeah that and remember he was filming indiana jones yeah so Uh, it was like they just kind of left it like open like we're not gonna kill you it's kind of brilliant actually it's like had that been the last time we saw han solo on screen like it would have been fine um but it all ends up working out yeah i think one of the original drafts of of the movie also had like um han looking for his like father or uncle was which was like supposedly like gonna be some powerful politician that could help them or something like that Mm -hmm. and they scrapped it and then like lando was originally like the clone template yeah. So when they go to Cloud City, they were going to go visit Lando and he was just going to have like a legion of like former clone troopers that all looked like him. Because what? let's let's face it, Billy D. Williams would be a pretty, you know, cut, you know, yeah. <laughs> figure. <laughs> if, if you're not going to go with Tamora Morrison, Billy D. Williams back in the day, I mean, yeah, I'm okay with that. That's a good call. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Gosh, absolutely. Um, and then my last one, because because George Lucas was something else. Um did do y'all know about the fines that he got for the scroll? I heard about this in the documentary on Disney Plus. Yeah. So the Directors Guild fined him like quarter million bucks. Yeah. Because he didn't put the um the actors' names in the opening credits. He did the scroll instead. Um, and they didn't really care when it happened in a new hope. Like they didn't because they thought the movie was gonna flop. Right. Uh, but when they did it for episode five, it was a big deal. Yeah, and then it, there was like all this Hollywood drama between him and Fox and all these other yeah. Hollywood folks and in, in the yeah. movie biz. And he didn't yeah, like doing crazy. things the way they wanted him to do it, so he just took a whole bunch of crap for it. Yeah, true, true artist. Um, did you also know that the sound of Darth Vader's shuttle door opening is as a recording of of uh, a cell block jail doors closing on Alcatraz? what you know what that sounds familiar i don't know if i knew that but that that sounds really familiar (laughs) now you won't be able to unhear it yeah no kidding (laughs) 
I've seen yeah. Alcatraz. I've never heard it, but I guess I have heard it now that you say that. <laughs> right, right. Now you have. Exactly. That's really That's cool. so fun. Ever, ever, That's such yeah. a fun fact. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to transition to the next category here. Um, and normally it's what we remember versus now, but it's probably more like what Dexter remembers <laughs> since he watched this in his childhood, since you're just a hair older than the group of us here. Yeah. So I think I would like to start with you and just kind of some of your thoughts of what you remember versus kind of rewatching, you know, this week. <laughs> I'm going to put this out there. Uh-oh. I thought Vader said, Luke, I'm your father. Oh, you, did, you misremembered the quote. I and I don't know if I saw that on another movie or if it's just like pop culture or yeah. whatever that effect is of yep. like, I, I know somebody said that or I know this movie came out and like it never happened. The Mandela effect or something. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I could have swore the line was Luke. And then like, and then the way he says it, I am your father. I thought, right. I it's probably just because of how everybody like, had echoed it from the eighties on, especially in yeah. a lot of eighties movies. So that, yep. that probably the, the exact effect that you said is probably what yeah. happened. Cause I thought so too, until a few years ago, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Even Not in the documentary. <laughs> yeah. Even in the documentary on Disney plus re hearing that through James Earl Jones's, you know, viewpoint, I think he misremembered it in the documentary too and said, Luke, I am your father, but it's no, I am your father. Right. He's the originator. So that's insane. um, Yeah. That's a really good point. The Mandala effect. Yeah. And then like, I just remember, so like the way they filmed it, Vader is still like very matter of fact about it. He's like, no, I'm your father. Like it wasn't like this big dramatic, like pause or like, or, or like anything. And I, and I think that that's cool because it really gives emphasis on Luke's reaction, mm. you know, the, um, over, the overacting reaction. <laughs> I mean, it was a little over. Yeah, but I mean, it was the 80s. Impossible. Like, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's forgivable in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> and I, don't, yeah. I think this is still one of his first movies, Mark Hamill. Like, that's yeah, why he yeah. took the last movie was to get like acting experience. This is true. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then and I've always wondered this and I had to look this up. This is the first time that we're ever told that this is out of chronological order. It's in episode five. So the, oh. the first scroll that has episode five in it is this movie. So like the original mm. cut of a new hope, it just says star Wars, a new hope and it scrolls. Oh. Right. So this is the first time where you're like, Whoa. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, where were the other three? <laughs> right, right. So it's like, so wait a minute. Was the last one episode four or like, like what, like oh, what's happening? Like, is it one? Are they going to have even more movies in between? Yeah, like where, are we? like I have so many questions, <laughs> oh, you that's know, funny. so there was like so many twists with this movie. Like, okay, so now we know that this is part of a, at least a five point series, right? Mm-hmm. And then of course the whole twist with Vader and like all that stuff. So like, um, th- like this movie for me was just completely epic. Um, and I also remember noticing like, like sort of off episode five, just a second. I don't know if you ever noticed, but like the first of the, of this trilogy was very like dark and spacey. Mm-hmm. This one was very like white, like even mm-hmm. like from Hoth, 
to um, Cloud City. Cloud City, like it's it's very like light white right. colors, yeah. and then of course Return of the Jedi is very green, mm. like very like earth tones, like so. Um, like, and I remember like when I watched the two, I'm like, wow, like these just feel very different, right? So for this mm. to be considered a space opera and have so many like white colors, like that's just yeah. impressive. It's impressive. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't wow. think about that. I have but, yeah. never thought about it that way. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. We, we gotta that. love, we gotta love the detail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think some of the things that I didn't remember upon rewatching this time was that Luke, you know, envisions Vader in the swamp on Dagobah and conquers him. And then the mask comes off and it's him in Vader's suit. I totally didn't remember that point happening. Um, so that one, like, I kind of like, it took me aback. I was like, oh my God. Um, so I thought that was very like uh, English lit of them <laughs> to do that kind of like <laughs> foreshadowing connection. Very Shakespearean. Speaking of that scene, speaking of that scene specifically. Um, so when my brother was on the pod and he told you guys about the Grand Admiral Thrawn books from like the 80s and 90s, um, it, they had a part in that where Luke goes back to Dagobah years later because he's looking for something. And he has to go back through that cave and it takes him back and he takes him back to that whole, that whole helmet shattering thing. Mm. And it actually like had a purpose of why he saw his face specifically. They even carried that through those books. So it was like a new fresh purpose in addition to just like, you know, it's, it's your blood who's behind that mask. It was, I don't want to spoil the book for you guys. I know we did just have a spoiler warning. We've seen all the movies. Like, okay. Well, fair enough. This isn't in the movies, but um, there was, it was, there was, it was predicting the future that he was going to face a clone of himself Ooh. that had fallen to the dark side. So that's why, like, he saw the the vision again. Like a twin? So, no. That not, he already has? No, no like oh, one gosh. that they grew in, like, a couple weeks. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So I, I thought that was uh, pretty cool when I was rewatching. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just read that book the, the other month. So, right, right. So it was pretty yeah. cool. The whole swamp situation, you know, it as a younger person, you're just like, wow, this is really cool looking. And as an adult, you're like, wow, this is really cool looking. But all of the detail, I think I appreciated more as, as an adult, like there was an iguana in the background at one point. And I was like, there's an iguana and I'm home alone. And I was like, why am I, am I yelling at the TV? Um, And then the documentary, you know, kind of broke this down and said there were snakes uh, who bit Mark Hamill, by the way, and Gila monster, Gila monsters, however you say it. Um, so I just like forgot all of these reptiles in Yoda swamp. I thought that was funny. Um, and then completely forgot there was a cliffhanger. I was like waiting for Han, spoiler alert, to get out of the carbonite and have vision back and kiss Leia. And I was like, wait, that's the next movie? I forgot. I, I totally forgot. But the one scene I really, obviously, other than the very notable ones that I did remember was the whole garbage joke about the Millennium Falcon and how clever it was that the ship was sticking on the side of the Star Cruiser, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, being that cloak, quote unquote, cloaking device and then floating away with the garbage. I just thought that was funny. So yours actually um, segues into mine. What do I remember versus, so I'm kind of, I'm going to change it. I'm going to be, what did I forget? So I completely forgot that Boba Fett was in this movie. What? 
I completely and, and forgot. Drew is shaking his You head. completely <laughs> forgot that this was the movie they introduced Boba Fett in, unless you count the god awful 1978 Christmas holiday special. special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've I, seen that, right? You Dexter, that you've seen that, time. right? Yes. Good lord. I have. <laughs> so, Mr. Mixter Mix they had a cooking show on there. It was just awful. It's trash. But to me, when when I think Boba Fett, I think um Return of the Jedi, because she's more prevalent in that. I completely forgot that he's flying um was it slave one in this mm-hmm. movie? I I completely forgot. I'm like, oh, green helmet. Okay. <laughs> Boba's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and you get to see the ship take off in that cool way that it does and fly away too. Right. Um, so for me, I kind of saw these, I, I think I mentioned this when we did the episode four pod. I was introduced to these movies on VHS um at age four-ish, because I think age five was when The Phantom Menace came out, and I had already seen these movies a couple dozen times through. Because I think they were like the only movies we had around that time aside from like Disney movies. So I was like, Oh, this is it. This is life. Um, so what I had, I had forgotten. Um, I'd kind of forgotten the, the Ben Kenobi ghost when he first appears, like telling oh, Luke yeah. to go to Dagobah. I'd forgotten about that. Cause I hadn't seen empire strikes back in a while. Um, and like, sometimes when I'm like watching movies that I've seen about a hundred times, sometimes I'm doing other things while of I'm course. watching it. So, and now I'm watching it the other day and it, he just goes, you know, Luke. And he just like, Luke. Uh, and it was like, Luke looks like he's dead. Like, I'm, I'm glad you're a force <laughs> ghost and you know that he's not dead. But like, how about like, Luke, are you okay? Like, get up. He's just like, Luke, wake your ass up. Like, what? No. How, like, you are so sure that he's going to wake up when he's like, I, I don't know. I, at that point, I might be done, especially with my asthma in, in, the, in that winter. I, I don't know about that. But he's just like. Ben, you will go to the dig. I'd be like, no, no, no. You alive? <laughs> well, I'm not exactly alive. You will go to the emergency room and get treated I know. for like, your injury. Um, how about I go in a back to tank for like a day and right. a half, and then then I'll do that. But so, so I had I had forgotten um, about that. But I That's always remember funny. how shocking it was. Um, one, seeing like him fight Vader in the cave and in the mask, like we talked about, mm-hmm. that was always like so shocking to me. And when I was younger. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, okay. When I was like 10, I was like, okay, it's because he's, you know, it's his father, obviously. So I I always, I always love that. Um, yeah. I'm going to add one um, to Wyatt's point about something I forgot. I forgot about that scene on, in Cloud City where they walk in um, to, to the dinner table and Vader's sitting there and then Han starts shooting and then Vader's like, for stopping them. I yes. Was like, oh. <laughs> like, until you like really, un- I think when you see it without like a real understanding of like Star Wars lore and like different like levels of understanding the force, it doesn't really hit like how thugged out that was. <laughs> like When I first okay. saw it, I thought his armor was stopping the, mo- the, the shots yeah. when I was a kid, but I'm like, oh, he's, fo-. now I'm like, oh, he's force blocking those basically or absorbing yeah. them or whatever. That was like, cool. And then it even gives you, like, when you go back and watch the prequels and they're using, like, their lightsabers to do it, you think that's cool? And it's mm-hmm. like, man, Vader's just doing this with the entire Force, you know? So it's it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, effects couldn't really help right. show, like, Vader's 
power back then. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's like little moments like that. You're like, wow, like he was extremely powerful. Yeah. And we get some of that. Correct me if I'm wrong, all of you. I'm sure you'll jump on me if I'm wrong. But don't don't we get a little taste of that familial connection when Kylo does the same thing to a blaster? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that too. I think Poe yeah. Dameron shot at him in uh, The right. Force Awakens. And then I think Maul does that in the last season of Clone Wars. He's sitting on the the throne in Mandalore and Bo-Katan just comes in trying to shoot him. And he's just like <laughs> flicking it back and forth with his hands, completely not entertained. Yeah. And the shots are going in anywhere, everywhere. And he's like, well, you know, that was kind of rude or whatever he said. <laughs> are you oh, not rude. entertained? I just so want to say just, that. It just shows that like, you got to be really powerful to Dexter's point. You got to be really powerful to do that because, you know, Maul was pretty powerful, almost powerful enough to beat, you know, Sidious. And then Kylo Ren is like pretty much the only force user around at the time. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Vader as well. So that's, that's a really good point. To, 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 and, and I'm not a huge, and forgive me for all the, the, the Star Wars folks out there that totally disagree with this. I'm not a huge fan of Kylo, but that scene was Alyssa's impressive. crying right now. Because it, it, <laughs> And Alyssa signed off. <laughs> so my, it was impressive because he didn't deflect it. He literally like stopped it. Right, in mid-air. For a while. Right. Yeah, yeah like and he's had a whole it. conversation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he even like moves away from it and then releases it when he walks away. Right, so. yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's what happens. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I agree. I was, ne- I was never a big fan of him, but I did like recognize, okay, he's super powerful. Haters. Yeah. And it's a bunch of haters. <laughs> I did kind of like him, I guess, I don't know. It, it depends on what scene we're talking about. But <laughs> he had that's moments. Fair. He had yes, moments. agree. <laughs> Well, stay tuned for our Force Awakens pod here shortly. I'll try to keep my tongue in my mouth. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow. Okay. Moving on. What if this segment is where we each come up with a what if question based on this movie? So mine is actually branching off of a question that we had during our consult the council. It was a question that was asked by my buddy, Ethan. So my what if question is, what if the other person that Yoda referred to on Dagobah was not Leia? What if he was referring to, now we're later on in the movies, what if he was referring to a Grogu or a Kylo (laughs) or a Rey? I would love that. Obviously, at this time in the movie, he's referring to Leia, which we don't know that a she's force sensitive and b that she's luke's sister so what so are you're, you... sa- you're saying now that we have more canon or more legends even who if he, he could have been talking about somebody else that we were he, trying to say he could have been talking about anybody else and i feel like that was purposeful on george lucas's part to kind of leave it open for anybody's interpretation and then he'll fill then he can fill in much later even mm. 40 years later <laughs> yeah that's so good. That'd be cool because because <laughs> we because we know there's a there's at least a couple of force users out there at least now with the canon. Right. You know we got we got Ahsoka wherever she is right now. Um, Ezra Bridger's somewhere out probably in the unknown regions, and then we don't know if uh, Cal Kestis from that new um, Jedi Fallen that, Order. Yeah, the Jedi Fallen Order game, and then any other surviving Jedi. So, you know, we don't know who he could be talking about. That's a really interesting yeah, point. That's a good point because he doesn't say another one. He just mm-hmm. says another. So that, you know, in, it infers be that yeah. it's another 
person or another Skywalker, but kind of like we talked about on a, on a couple of previous pods, you know, when they, they came out with, and I think it was more consult the council, that same question that Ethan kind of brought up. Um, it was, you know, is this the last Jedi conversation, but it was Jedi as plural. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a really interesting thought. I like the idea of it being somebody like Grogu to bring him like full circle into the fuller canon. My that's grandson not- that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if the timeline matches up there, right? I guess technically it would, right? Because he's this yeah. Been, yeah. Grogu, Grogu was, Grogu be, was but, fifty in Mandalorian, and right? Grogu so he'd be like about what seven, eight years beforehand. So he'd yeah. be in his early forties. He got Grogu his, is the same age as Anakin. Yeah, literally the exact same oh. age. Sa- exact same age. So he's as old as Darth Vader is in this point. Oh my god, that's such a mind bend. That's funny. I do. I really like that. What if I like that idea of it being, I just like the idea of it being Grogu. We can just say that as, as why it drinks out of his Grogu water bottle. <laughs> I'm such an adult. <laughs> now I can't unthink it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. That was, that was a good one. That was, yeah. a good one. I guess that was their way of saying, well, you know, if he fails, We've got a couple other options. It'll be yeah, all right. We, we're <laughs> We've got second string, third string. We're we're ready to We've go. Hedged our bets. If necessary, I will come off Dagobah and go rescue Ezra Bridger, but I don't think it's necessary. Oh he could God. just stay stranded. Right. Yeah, that's kind of my my what if is about Dagobah. So I'll jump in. So um, my what if is what if Luke stayed on Dagobah to train? Do you think he would be more OP? Would he? you know this have... is why i wrote three because that was one of my okay good that's that why I, I wrote four so i was like ready um but i, I also I had a follow-up <laughs> question i mean i don't think any of us had yours wyatt so that was good but my follow-up question to that is then how does that affect and what's the timeline what's the fate of han leia chewie 3po lando had he not you know gone to bespin to try to save them they would have had to send like some kind of rogue one team in to go get them out. Like if it wasn't, cause like they were basically only there to lure out Luke. Like it was a trap. Yeah. Vader was literally like prepared to quote unquote, let the millennium Falcon and the crew go like, yeah, the Leia is a rebellion general and like a key figure of that. But he's like, I, I just kind of want Luke, you know, I want to, if he was willing to throw that away, I don't know. It just, he, he'd be kind of pissed if Luke didn't show. He'd be like, but but I, I did all this. I said that I don't understand. <laughs> that's that's a good one. I think that's Luke really probably good. would have ended up killing Yoda at some point just because of how what? annoying he was. Yeah. <gasps> I don't know that you such a thing would back. be po- possible. I don't think you it's possible, back, but I feel like he would have gone absolutely crazy and would have ended up like like Obi-Wan in the desert. Just well, he did die six months later. So, I mean, there's that. Um, yeah. But why it's saying like he would have drowned his ass in the swamp or something. Yeah, just kind of <laughs> held him under the water. He would have poisoned his little, uh, his little snake soup or whatever he had there. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what if Luke was actually captured and frozen in carbonite? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. So. And Instead then of wrote, Han or with Han? Well, Remember, the whole point of Han being frozen was to test it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just make sure it doesn't kill him. Right? Yeah. Because the carbonite chamber was fired up so that Vader could take Luke to the Emperor. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's kind of one of those things where a lot of things may have changed, but 
the, the fact of the matter was Luke ends up in front of the Emperor anyway. <laughs> Such a yeah, good point. on his own accord. Too. Yeah, it would have right. been different because it was on his own terms. Good point. So, the, so it's like, well, what, like, what would have happened? Like, wh- how would that interaction would, like, how would that have gone? Because Luke would have been sort of weakened at first, and like, is he more susceptible to like force manipulation? You know, because he's he, coming out of the carbonite state, he can't see. I you was going to say, yeah, he'd be blind. But I mean, we kind of talked about this on on previous episodes about you know, when that's happened to other Je- Jedi like Kanan and how that made him almost, I mean, obviously that lasted much longer than how it would affect Luke, right. but that made him almost more powerful that he, you know, learned how to see through the force and, um, you know, it enhanced his other senses, but that's a really interesting what if. I like that one. And then like the dynamic between him and Vader would have been different because that whole, no, I'm your father. We don't know Ooh. when that would have happened. True, and he, if it like, happened, and if. when is he supposed to spring on him? Hey, I want you to help me overthrow the emperor, like in the elevator on the way up. Like, <laughs> like, hey, when hey, he's um, blind. Hey, it's I, me. I know you're blind. Your daddy. As, as soon as you can start seeing stuff, just like tap my knee or something like that, yeah. and then we'll, we'll take it. Like, so that's that's a that's a really good one. Um, I think he possibly would have been more susceptible because it over the next six months he comes closer to completing his Jedi training. He goes back to Tatooine and he finds like Ben's journals that are addressed to him, which helps him build his lightsaber. And if you notice between all three of these movies, he matures. It's like a dramatic leap, especially from I want to go to Tashi Station and pick up some pet. You know, then he's then he's a, a a rebellion commander and he's like he's pretty serious and stuff like that and mature. But you 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 kind of see a little bit that he still has a little bit of way to go. He's he's a man when you get like you know to the next movie. Alrighty, so those were uh, those were some pretty good uh, what ifs. Um, again, I'm glad I wrote down a few of them. Um, mine is mine's kind of a little like I, I don't know, I, easy an easy what if I guess. Um, what if Han had just paid his debt debt off three and a half years earlier? Because that's how long it's been since. <laughs> With since whose money? With all what the money? money he got for dropping Leia off. You know like, how expensive remember- the Falcon is to fly. It's not that expensive. Um, he, uh, you rescued a princess from from a planet whose now, father like, died. Whose father died, but she was instrumental to the the rebellion, and his wealth helps fund the rebellion. Now he's dead, but that doesn't mean that that exact second they were out of money. So, so immediately, I just think spaceballs, and I'm like, he gave the money back. What do you? Uh, and no. I'm like, oh no, that was spaceballs, where he that literally was, yeah. was like. Oh really? No, he gave the money back. Oh my God, I'm in love with him. Yeah, we're no, we're gonna get to that. He's eventually. packing up the money when when Luke is trying to convince him to stay and take on the Death Star. He's like, it's more like suicide. I'm like, well, you got all that money. Just go I mean, back. Be like Jabba. Hey, I got the money. We we get three and a half years. That's a what? Right. I don't think it matters though, because like the beginning of the movie is him being like, "Yep, I'm gonna go back and pay it off," and he still doesn't leave because he like realizes that he's in love because with Leia, he couldn't, obviously. Well, because he couldn't leave, but I mean, he could have gone and came back. Obviously the battle of Hoth happened and they all had to evacuate, but like, what was he doing for three and a half years? That was like, obviously he was fighting with the rebellion, but you didn't have a week off, you know, a day and a half. Like what? Can you just like wire funds back then? I don't even know how <laughs> What was the financial structure uh, of the cashier's uh, check? Um, <laughs> Chad, Venmo. Java, what's your username? 
at the real underscore job of the hut. Like I don't. <laughs> what's the, what's that thing um, they have at all the publixes? Like that that credit line, that credit union where you could just Presto. send money. Well, not even just Presto. You go up to customer <laughs> service and like someone can like send you money. I don't know. Western Union. That's it. Like Western Union stuff. <laughs> Do they have that so back old. in the eighties? The out of rim union. <laughs> Dexter feels so old. Oh no. I'm like uh, he can't be talking about Western Union. I am. I am. I, used, I, I feel like the financial like advisor years. of the group should chime in on on this financial question though. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at betas and interest rates. <laughs> <laughs> he had his money in a cd and that's not really where you want <laughs> he didn't keep up with inflation so he had to keep spending the money like it was it was complicated that's funny. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about it and that's interesting i i think that um han had every intention of making it back and he he says it a bunch. Even when he comes off carbon, he was like, "I was on my way." Yeah. True. Yeah, like you, you know Do what you I mean. That? <laughs> Even I get boarded sometimes. <laughs> he's, a, he's a scoundrel, so probably not. You know, um, I, I mean, we don't, and we're assuming like, I mean, like Han never really came from money, yeah. so the fact he got this huge lump sum of money from the uh, uh, the mission. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may have just been like. True. I don't know. I need some you know, new striped pants. Like he's got bad spending habits or a bad financial blueprint in his head. That's what you're saying? Or that he he had the mentality of, I don't know if I'm ever going to have this much money again. Like I'm, I'm actually mm-hmm. like not worried about my well-being right now. So like the thought of like giving all this to Jabba, like Ooh. I don't know. That's interesting. He's like, I do have the fastest ship in the galaxy. Who's really going to catch me? Yeah, like right. Like, what are the real Good consequences? Point. Well, even Good when we point. get to Force Awakens, Han Solo, you've got multiple crews that go on that ship looking for money. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I never gave the money to Conja Club. Tell them to them. Oh, <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> that was that is so funny. Oh my All righty. So, I mean. I mean, I guess that that kind of wraps up that point pretty good. <laughs> That's probably the best answer we're gonna get, <laughs> other than lazy writing, I guess. Because um, so I'm, I'm gonna take us to now to our personal best and uh, worst of the film. Um, I think, like Dexter was saying before we started recording the pod, this is pretty much possibly the best Star Wars movie they got out there. Definitely top three total. Um, so I agree. So it was hard for me to find stuff that I didn't like. Um, so I guess the only thing I didn't uh, really like, oh, I wrote down that he had three year, three and a half years to pay off the debt. So I didn't really like that. He took that long. Um, and then oh, the man. whole, uh, Luke and Leia kiss thing. I know they probably didn't have it hammered down yet that they were going to be brother and sister, but that idea had to be floating around by then. I, I yeah. personally think we're getting very like Jamie Lannister kind of, I know. Oh, I, really, I, literally, I literally wrote in these notes, like, come on, this is not game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> you did not. I did. I have it in my notes. Oh right my here. god! Um, well, Dexter, so... I was telling them the last time I was like, in the Hispanic culture, it's not weird to kiss your brother on the lips, okay? And they're yeah, like, yeah, we don't know about this. It's yeah, true. Dexter, could, Dexter knows. I, you guys, you would be the expert on that. I, I would not be. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like my best for that was I loved. One, I love how they show them in this movie that the Falcon is a hunk of junk, like they referred to it in the last movie. But and and literally, uh, Lando says it's the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. So I like that it is falling apart and the hyperdrive is just not working. 
but he still can outrun the empire. And he's yeah. like, you know, I can still outmaneuver him. And he like gets the star destroyers to like scrape past each other. I was just like, you realize that there are like 50,000 people aboard each one of those ships. And like probably 20,000 of those are piloting those ships. And you just outsmarted three crews worth of that. Like that's, that's pretty cool. And obviously that's like our first real lightsaber fight. Like, yeah, obviously Ben and, and Vader fighting was like, you know, okay. You know, we got that one in episode four, but this was like the real longer one. Cause that one was only probably like 30 seconds. So this mm-hmm. was a few minutes of that. And, you know, I, I, there was a lot more, there was some emotion obviously when, when Ben died, but the whole, you know, I am your father. Um, and then the battle of Hoth was like pretty good. Um, and then you mm-hmm. get to see those, uh, what, what were they? They were like Norwegian mountain climbers they actually used for the yeah, Rebel Soldiers. They were, yeah, they were like ski people or whatever yeah, I was reading about that. was about really that. cool. So it was just kind of cool to see their their gear versus the Empire's gear. Um, so that that was uh, that was it for me. I'm, I'm curious uh, to see Dexter's best and worst. <laughs> okay, I'll go next. So my, my best... Um, was there, there's a specific part of the lightsaber scene that just aged really well. Mm. And it's that part when like Luke like loses Vader and he's like trying to find him and it's still kind of like suspenseful mm. and almost kind of spooky. Like it's the first time we really get a feel for like Vader's like being evil. Mm. The other times mm. he, he talks, he says things that are kind of like off-putting. But like now you start to see like his like dark lurky side. And like even to this day, like I know like which side of the screen is gonna come out of, like where it's gonna happen, but it's still just like, oh, it's so good. It did startle me today because I was I was finishing up the movie and I was like, all right, he's coming out of here. What the uh, yeah, yeah. he got me. He got he did get me like a little bit. I was like, dang it. So it's the first time we saw like the spooky side of the dark side, right? Mm-hmm. Um spooky uh, side and, of the dark side. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um God, probably my worst and I, I don't know man that little scene where like Chewbacca has 3PO on his back it's like a million pieces <laughs> it's like it's like nails on a chalkboard for me Every, like even when I know it's coming I'm like god I hate this like just watching it is painful you um, know there's a backpack out there that looks just like that oh I hope like, so I mean we know there's I'm a Chewbacca one and we know there's a Yoda one but <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh, it just drove me nuts. Um, so Why? Are you, are nuts. you suggesting they should have just left him there? <laughs> no, I, I guess just yes. I, the the film, the, the where it fit in the movie was fine. Just watching it was like like he literally a calls viewer, like, Chewbacca a stupid lump. He says, "Just open the door, you stupid lump," and then he opens the door and he, I never doubted you for a second. Wonderful. <laughs> And then like, basically, like the the layup to that scene is Chewbacca growling at him, and he's like, "Don't tell me to shut up!" And I'm like, "We just heard the Wookiee say shut up and Kashikian or whatever." Like, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's tough. It's That's painful. Funny. And then a, a fun fact about that scene, real quick: the original way that they filmed it was where the like on the backpack, the limbs had these little like motors. Mm. and uh lucas didn't like the way it looked because it was sort of like all over the place so there's literally somebody walking behind or on the side of chewbacca with like fish lore <laughs> like wow. making them jump around yeah, yeah as he's walking away yeah so oh. anyway i hate that scene that's really funny <laughs> i feel like i have a long list but my favorite part of this movie 
might actually surprise you guys this time. Um, you say that every time. It's I know I say it's not a surprise. This time I feel like it'd be a surprise because I feel like you would assume one thing and I'm going to say something else. Uh, because I thought one thing and then I rewatched it and I was like, no, nope, that's not my favorite part. This is my favorite part. So um, rewatching the swamp scene with the X-Wing, that was my favorite part um, where not only that we get all the drama that comes with, you know, Yoda showing Luke how it's done, but we get Yoda explaining the force. And I just thought it was so cool just rewatching this and thinking about when he says Luke is too old. Um, you know, maybe that's part of the reason why they're training, you know, younglings versus adults because, and I mean, Dexter is a parent, so maybe he can speak to this the best out of all of us, but kids just like have such a wonder and an innocence that you're like, yeah, the tooth fairy is going to come and leave you $5. And Amelia's like, yeah, dad, that the sounds legit. The tooth fairy legit. left you $5? Right? I mean, probably at one point or another. Wow. Um, wow. You had a, a rich tooth fairy. A generous tooth fairy. Yeah. I mean, what's the tooth fairy paying these days? Inflation is probably like 20 bucks from what I hear, but. Ain't never paid um, me $5. But yeah, so. <laughs> $1. That's what $1. I got. That's what <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that was such an interesting thought of, of him, you know, explaining the force. It's such a beautiful sequence of, of, of dialogue. And it's like, we have to applaud Lucas for once for the dialogue being not tough and, um, we got so many notable quotes and one of my favorite ones, um, my uncle, who I don't even know if he's like a Star Wars fan at all, but at his um, small business, one of the Uncle Howard, um, Wyatt, on mm -hmm. the quotes on one of the walls of the conference room says, do or do not, there is no try. So that's always been a quote that stuck out to me because I worked for that company for like eight years through all throughout high school and college. I wonder if um, he knows that's Yoda. <laughs> it says, Yo it said Yoda oh, okay. on the quote. <laughs> it was like Yoda. Um, so, which is like how I knew that, but, um, you know, I just thought that was uh, really great watching that again. And, um, you know, just seeing how they piece that together to kind of backtrack into accessing the archives of, um, they created Yoda in an image of the puppeteer who built him, but also in Einstein's image with like the big eyes and the wrinkles and making him look so intelligent. Um, I just thought it was really interesting that Frank Oz actually dropped Yoda's head when they were building the puppet and he broke it and he was like lol I slowed down production sorry um and then just like the fact how they you know filmed all of all of that um conversation between Yoda and Luke the set was built five feet above the floor of the stage so the puppeteers could maneuver and walk around all these holes and slats in the floor to make Yoda kind of stumble and walk around with his cane um, and then, you know, Mark Hamill couldn't hear Frank Oz half the time and vice versa. So they got earpieces. And during shooting, Mark Hamill started picking up their radio station and was like jamming out to the Rolling Stones. And, <laughs> and, and uh, Irvin had to come over and be like, stop and like tell him from halfway across the swamp. But I think my favorite piece from that whole sequence, other than, you know, the speech about the force and the X-Wing coming out of the swamp and it's this amazing thing. Um, is one of our group's favorite things as the lip dub, which you knew I was going to bring up. I feel like you had to know uh, I was bringing up the seagulls. Stop it now, which I'll, I'll post on social media. So you guys, oh my can goodness, see it, but that'll be good. It's so funny. And that kind of led me to one of the worst ones, which was 
you will be, <laughs> you will be. When Yoda said that, I was just like, this is really creepy. And that was kind of corny. I, 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 think. I can't handle it. But one other um, best one that I'll, I'll say, and then I'll hand the mic over was the um, I am your father scene. Like we talked about. Um, I feel like teeing that up, the emperor is like Mari and he's like, you are the father, <laughs> like <laughs> gave the news to Anakin. No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So um, I thought that was just really funny. And the window uh, that they're in front of when they're having this conversation leading up to it, um, I get like astronomy tower vibes from Harry Potter. It feels like hmm. a very similar dual situation in the window. It's just like, like, I wonder if JK kind of knew that. Um, and you know, we see Anakin echoing the emperor's words again, search your feelings, you know, it to be true. All he does is just parrot everything he can from the emperor. But yeah, we already talked about that twist and the fake, the fake, uh, script page and all of that. I just thought that was, uh, really, really a, a great highlight from the film. So mine, um, you oh, guys boy. are, yeah, this is, uh, I'm, Kind of glad we saved you for last, but not because we're going to lose listeners. Um, oh, here we go. So I got a couple worse and one best. So the worst, so it's a plot hole that I still can't get over. So we're back on Hoth. How come the Tauntauns die in their natural habitat outside? Yeah, I was I was thinking I mean, about that. Um, I think they just, like, because I, I thought about that. I was like, I think they just, like, seek shelter at night. Because there are animals that do that that can't necessarily survive in their na native habitat year round outside. It's like a bear. Because you would you would think they'd be they would adapt. I don't know how many years they've been on that planet, but you figured that they would have adapted. And I think I heard a, a, a statistic: at night it gets down to negative seventy three degrees Fahrenheit on Hoth. What? So, so think about where the human race started, like on Earth. Like we started like somewhere in like the Middle East, like near like i don't exactly know where but where scientists here as we start, came right, from right, right. was like in a desert essentially we can't survive outdoors in the desert 24 7 right. you, you just can't <laughs> so that's that's kind of how i i think about it i guess like evolution at some point may have decided to take its course or maybe just have it right. not take and its course i don't i'm not an evolutionist i don't i don't know and it, it makes sense that they're only you know they might be adapt to daylight hours and they do go kind of in the caves and shelter at at night but um and then my next one so i hope you guys have your passes for dagobah crossfit because we're about to go <laughs> at it so you got a problem with that? What's that? Oh my god! The only thing this was missing was like the pump and background music when they're running through the da, swamp. Da da da! We needed the <laughs> yeah. Rocky theme, right? Um, we could have done without, you know, Luke, you know, Luke running through the desert doing flips with Yoda. You know, the old smelly, creepy guy on his back. No, I couldn't have done without it. I disagree. Yeah, no. <laughs> really? I disagree too. To me, we yeah. that's when we start learning about the force and the dark side. And like we see him actually Jedi training. And it also released one of the best memes I've ever seen. Um, when the force, um, after the force awakens came out, there's, there's Luke on Ray's back and he's pointing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind of yeah, like how Yoda yeah, was on his right, back, that's which, right. which released another 
uh, meme. It was Batman on the Flash's back, and the caption was, when you find out your friend can time travel and bring his parents back to life. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So, no. So oh, no. even if just for that reason, Dexter I'm terribly like happy. I'm terribly happy that they had that in. But personally, for me, I liked having that. But if, I mean, obviously, you're entitled to your opinion. Because I could be wrong, but it's part of Jedi training taking laps. Yeah. They're physically fit as all get out. What do you think they do in the in the Jedi Temple? What do you think they did back? Sit around in a circle and blame Anakin for everything. I mean, no, those were just his classmates, and then the (laughs) the the Jedi Council. Uh, Have we seen the photos of Ewan McGregor's biceps for the Obi Wan series coming up? Can we just appreciate? You have. (laughs) I did not know there were such pictures, and now I do. You you haven't seen them? What? None of you? Okay. All no. right. I, I mean, I'm just... I, while I Google pictures of you and McGregor every so Shirtless. often, it's not terribly often. I though. don't Google them. They just, <laughs> well, you have to be a fan of the proper pages to get them sent to you. Okay. So I, I guess I wasn't a fan them. of they, the proper smutty pad pages. I just, I just thought of one other one for my worst. Um, the fact that we get the the second mention of the word moist in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're like, oh, moisture farm, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they're inside the, the alien's mouth and Han is like, oh, it's pretty moist out here. I don't know. And I'm like, oh my God. Why do we have to say it again? <laughs> so back on Dagobah, um, <laughs> I feel like when we get Yoda pretending not to be Yoda, I get season one of clones Yoda vibes during this Mm-mm. where it's very badly animated and <laughs> the voice i was just gonna say he looks ugly as shit <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was and the season. voice is way off <laughs> oh, and so bad i mean but to people who yeah, grew up was... like you like your uncle andrew who we had on the previous podcast for people who grew up watching this is their exposure of yoda this is what they get for myself andrew and Alyssa. We got episode one through three Yoda, who was very thoughtful and, and meditating, meditative, <laughs> and, and and has to think and study on everything that he does. Again, we get two different Yodas in this movie, though. Yeah, he that- starts off undercover, being weird as crap, but afterwards he's slower to speak, like especially right. when he reveals himself to be Yoda. But I guess we would all be like that if we didn't have any contact with anybody for twenty years. I think he was trying to gauge what Luke was like in person. Like, yeah, he said he watched over him for many years, but it was from afar. So he wanted, because he knew Ben sent him there to get trained. So he's like, all right, I'm going to let this kid just make a fool of himself or prove that he should not be trained as a Jedi. So he's, he's like, all right, you know, I'm just going to check Luke out, you know, undercover. So he doesn't try and impress me or anything like that. Right. I'll get into that. And then we see such a dynamic change Hmm. in the three minutes he's on screen total. You know, he's crazy and kind of talking to himself, and then he becomes the Yoda that we know from from episode yeah. one through three. Um, you know, we get the absolute Jedi Master of Jedi Masters. Um, so that transitions into my best. So my absolute best I had written down is I love the dynamic between Hondo, I'm sorry, Lando and Han. <laughs> Hondo, their couple, Hondo. their celebrity couple yes. name. <laughs> Hondo. And I love that. Lando keeps calling him Han. Yes. Just like I, in Solo. Just like, it, it validates it. And he, he never calls him Han. It's always Han. And I yeah. loved, I loved obviously, um, Empire came out before Solo did. So I loved how they brought that back in through Solo as well. I like that, that fake out punch. 
that they reversed in oh, Solo, yeah. Where, yeah. where Han looked like he was going to punch him, and then he gave him a hug, and that's what Lando did. And that's how they that's how they first like meet that we see them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think at one point, like Leia even accidentally says Han instead of Han <laughs> because Lando says it so many times. I think like she her. says it a couple times. Yeah, it like starts to run off. For on it, her. I'm like, wait a second. That's What's not how funny is there was a, an interview with Mark Hamill where he's like, he tells people, goes, Yeah, I straight up asked George Lucas, like, how do I say these names? Is it Han or Han? Is it Leia or Leah? Is it Yeah, because they say Leah Chewbacca? a couple times. Yeah. Is it Chewbacca or Chewbacca? And George just goes, it's all regional. <laughs> I was like, it's all regional. Yeah, I'm like, that's a pretty good answer in all fairness. Like, so. Well, laugh it up, fuzzballs, because we're we're wrapping <laughs> up the podcast here. So oh, many man. great, so many great quotes for sure. But this has been a super awesome time. I've had a great time. I think everybody listening has had a great time. So hopefully you're hungry to come back for more. Uh, Before we plug next week's podcast, we have to give a huge round of applause and thank you to Dexter for being on and bringing in the knowledge and and the the childhood memories. So thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Hopefully I can come back for another one. Oh, absolutely. We're going to call on you again. Yeah. Perfect. Not for, well, the, not for the new movies. Don't, don't, don't call me back. All right. This. All right. <laughs> we got so you. Maybe got consult it. the council. I think yeah. your, your knowledge would be useful there. Thanks. Perfect. Well, next week's podcast, we're obviously going to be wrapping up the original trilogy series here um, with episode six. So stay tuned for that with a special guest who, guys, it's another girl. We're going to be evened out, boys versus girls, and I'm so excited for it. So stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Consult the Council. This is Spectre Radio, signing off.